Hey, Jake. I like video games. Well, hey, Tony. I like video games, too. Well, welcome to a very special episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, it's a remake episode of Hey, I Like That Game. That's not good. That's not, you didn't even try for a jingle this time? You didn't even try I didn't, for one? I thought jingles were like a main series thing only. You're a crazy person. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of thoughts about the Final Fantasy VII remake, and so we decided to make a special episode. And since it's a special episode, we also have a very special guest, my buddy Sam. Sam, say hi. Yo, what's going on, guys? Not much, buddy. Uh, so when this game first came out, and uh, started playing it, you instantly made a, a a chat in our Discord focused solely on the Final Fantasy VII Remake, <laughs> and we talked about it quite extensively during my entire playthrough, so I thought it only makes sense to have Sam uh, on this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's all-consuming, man. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of all-consuming, tell us a little bit about your experience with the series. You know, we all kind of have... Uh, different levels of experience here. Uh, I think you're at the top of this, so tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I think uh, you know my story is not not all too uncommon um, for people our age, but uh, you know Final Fantasy VII was the really the video game that got me into video games. Like I was watching my cousin play it in the Philippines, and I was just like, "What the fuck is this? It is blowing my mind." You know? <laughs> so I've been playing the game you know, since since it came out, the, the, the original. I've beaten it from beginning to end more times than I can count at this point. I've purchased the original on almost every single different platform you can purchase it on. I got it like got it on my computer. I got it on my PlayStation. I got it on my iPhone. I got it on the Switch. It's a, it's just it's you know, I I I forced my girlfriend to listen to the like original soundtrack, you know, she tolerates. Everything. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like borderline obsession. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, where, yeah, that's where yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got yeah, I got the the Buster Sword tattoo and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, okay. when 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 they announced the remake what five years ago i mean i was losing my goddamn mind you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah i so... forgot that this game got announced a very long time ago uh-huh yeah i mean yeah. this has been rumored forever you know like oh, this has yeah. been something that like has been talked in you know gaming forums for i i can't tell you how long right when they first announced it it blew my mind because it's like wait this could happen. Like I, th- mm-hmm. I thought this was an impossibility, and I also thought it was going to be impossible for it to be very good, just because like it, it seemed like it had so much against it. So I mean, mm-hmm. not trying to get too far ahead here, but like the fact that this game turned out as good as it did, that also shocked me. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of like you, Sam. Like this wasn't my first video game. This wasn't like the game that got me into video games, the OG Final Fantasy VII. But um, this was actually probably the third or fourth Final Fantasy that I actually played, but it was the first one that really, really resonated with me. Like, I had played the original Final Fantasy, and I played Final Fantasy IV, which was Final Fantasy II in the States. I had played both of those games prior to, to Seven, but I wasn't super into it. Then Seven happened, and it was like, oh my god. Like, video games could tell stories like this? Like, it, it, right. it blew my mind away. And, you know... Yeah. 3D graphics too, you know, it was a really big place in my heart. And Jake, I know you have none of this. And then like- there's me. <laughs> so, um, like when this game was out, um, I was always a Nintendo kid and the Final Fantasy games for a very long time were Sony PlayStation exclusives. 
So I never really had access to the games. I didn't really like play a Final Fantasy game till 13, uh, which is a very bad game. That game sucks. Mm-hmm. I played some of the Final Fantasy VII release on Steam, and you guys might kill me, but I just bounced off of it. I played maybe five hours of that game, and then just bounced off hard. Um, Dude, I, I can totally I can totally understand because the the original game is. It's great for the time, but like in modern gaming, it's it's a slog. It can be a real slog. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the 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 only I mean the only reason that I still play the original now is because on the Switch version you can turn it to three times speed, so you don't have to. <laughs> so so you don't have to just sit there and wait for all of the animations to happen and move around the right. map super slowly. Like you could, like it actually functions like a real game, and I can still enjoy it. But yeah, I I, I totally feel that it's fun. That's yeah. a cool function for sure. <clears throat> Yeah. Does, yeah like, what is it like Knights of the Round Table animations take like two minutes to play? <laughs> oh right. my god, that you can't skip. Nope. Yeah, un- right. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But but yeah, this is you know this is arguably the greatest Final Fantasy. You know, there you'll get in conversations online with people. You know, what's the best Final Fantasy? This is usually the the go to answer for that. And the fact that they remade it and put a lot of time and effort into this thing. You know, it's. It is really a, an amazing game, the remake. Uh, I, I'll just say, like, the production values are some of the best I've seen on the PlayStation, like, this generation. Um, Graphics-wise, it it's uncanny how realistic some of these characters look. It's, it's, it's borderline creepy at times for me, because it's like, mm-hmm. I remember what these characters looked like in my head when I was playing it as a kid, and then seeing them, like, realized in, like, full 3D yeah. with, like, facial expressions and like living personalities like it it was very impactful to me i i, I don't know if that had the same uh impact on you guys i'll put it this way right like <clears throat> final fantasy 7 the original was the first video game that made me realize that a video game could make me feel feelings right it's like hmm. yeah. there, there are a lot of like really emotional moments in the original game looking back on it you're like all right well that's ridiculous that these polygon characters made me feel anything right right but then with the remake though to your point like this is also now that like, this is the first time that i've felt feelings again but like actual because because i'm seeing these very real you know emotional moments on these computer generated faces that i've never really seen anything like it before Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. These games, I mean, like, like, there's a lot of games with good graphics, but I've never seen like such emotion. And yeah. you know, obviously, I'm biased. Sure, sure, but like, yeah, <laughs> the, the, these graphics are are absolutely a impressive, impressive feat uh, with the hardware that they're using. And then, like, and it's not just like the character models and stuff, and, and the animations, like the backgrounds and stuff. Like the the mm-hmm. realization of Midgar in this game is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Like. Oh, yeah. Um, you hear so many times, you know, like, oh, New York City is a is a character in this movie, right? You know that the setting is a big part of of it, like a uh, Bioshock, where Rapture is like a character in this in this series, I guess. Whereas like Midgar is like fully realized world. You know, when they announced that this first episode, because this is an episodic game, when they announced that it was only going to be Midgar for this first piece, I was a little worried. That's like two and a half, maybe three hours in the original game. And they stretch it out to be 40 hours for this. And, you know, sometimes it feels a little padded, but overall it's like I, I wanted to spend my time in Midgar because it's such an interesting environment. 
See, mm-hmm. I, I was I was stoked when they announced that, and, and like looking back, you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's just me, Midgar." Like that's like you're saying, it's such a small p- part of the game. I'm like, no, no, no. Like they, the game just gets so expansive so fast once you leave Midgar. Yeah. yeah. And I like I knew deep down like there's just no chance in hell they were ever going to be able to put that all into a like triple A game today. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, we can kind of talk about where we think the series is going to go after we kind of get through some more stuff. But that Yeah, it, I'm definitely a, very curious to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the first kind of main thing I want to talk about is gameplay. So the gameplay of this, they kind of retooled the entire battle system while, while keeping certain pieces of the original game's battle system uh, in place here. They kind of retooled it. They made this an action game. Like the original is kind of your normal active time battle system where you wait for a meter to fill, then you pick your command, do that command, rinse and repeat. And this one, it's you can run around with your characters. You can actively dodge, actively attack. You know, your strategy and positioning really matter in combat, but then you also still have the active time gauge uh, where each little segment on this bar will give you a command. So if you want to cast a fire aga or if you want to cast a heal or one of your weapon abilities, you need to use the time filling uh, gauge to, to do that, which I think really adds a little bit of like hecticness to the combat. Like, um, so like basic attacks will fill that gauge faster, or at least it seems as such. So, Switching back and forth between characters sometimes is a must in this combat system because it's like, okay, we just got hit by a bunch of enemies. I need to attack with Barrett, who I made like my main healer. So I'm going to switch over to him, attack a bunch of times to get the AP up so I can do my heal and then go back to like my normal, you know, attackers and things like that. It's a really, it's a fascinating battle system. Uh, Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I really liked it too. I yeah. thought it was very interesting and active, and I also thought it, it captures sort of that feeling of playing old RPGs where you're, like, constantly got to do, like, manage your damage, but, like, you, the enemies are doing a lot of damage, too, so you really have to take into account healing and buffs and debuffs, and it does that in an active way that does feel very pressured at times, but in a, mm-hmm. I think in a very fun way. Like, the, the encounters in this game are pretty difficult and they're hard they're long encounters too and it's an active like action style combat game that just captures the spirit of old rpg battling so well but modernizes it in a very fun and rewarding way yeah yeah um like so i'm i'm terrible at action games i'm just i'm not the 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 modern action battle systems in, in 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 games I'm just I'm not very good at them at all. So I didn't even realize it until the end of the game, uh, like the final chapter. That's when I realized that I was really terrible at using the battle system in the remake. Well, <laughs> but that's also when I realized like okay, oh shoot, like now I also understand how to maximize it. Oh, you know, oh wait, I can counter. I, I've been able to counter attacks all game long what, yeah, right. what is going on here <laughs> uh, but it was very jarring to, to realize how bad i was at the action <laughs> there, there's definitely some like gates in this game that's like okay once you get to this boss if you've just been mashing you're gonna lose mm-hmm. so like the what is it the air um Airbuster. Airbuster. the Airbuster boss where you can uh you can kind of selectively 
uh, give it its debuffs, which I thought was a nice little nice little touch mm-hmm. in there. But uh, that boss in particular was very difficult. I, I heard that from a lot of different people. Like, I did okay on that boss my first time, but it's like, oh, I have to switch between characters. I have to use everybody, and if I don't, I'm going to lose. Like, I can't just say, Cloud let's go do damage, you know, switch into operator mode and just, and just do a bunch of uh, slashing damage. It's like, I have to sit, I have to block. I have to make sure that I am using the right spells to build up the stagger meter. So you can kind of knock down the enemy and then beat it up. You know, this isn't the first game that's had a stagger meter. There's been a lot, this is Mm -hmm. a relatively modern thing that they do in JRPGs, but like they've been doing this for, you know, maybe a decade plus. Uh, so it's not it's not like a brand new idea, but I loved what the stagger mechanic brought to the game because it, it makes you think about your encounters. It's like, okay, I'm going to assess this bad guy because I want to know, is lightning going to be effective against him or do I have to use a magic attack and then attack it with physical to, to get that stagger meter up? Because if I don't stagger this boss, it's probably going to kill me. You know, if I don't figure mm. out its loop, I'm dead. So it... it it forces you a little bit to learn more of the game mechanics, which makes me really um, makes me really happy for their um, for their like scenario design, their battle design, because that makes me think that you know later bosses in this game, you know, when later editions come out, they're just gonna heap on new and interesting ideas there that uh, I'm, I'm very curious to to explore in future games. But like this one, oh battle system is just it's an absolute treat and it's just and like jake like you said it's the perfect amount of difficulty you know like throughout the entire game you'll you'll hit these gates where it's like okay learn some new mechanics get good and then they'll throw another boss at you and then it'll just kick you right in the face you know Mm -hmm. um like i know i know the house that house boss yeah, you fight a house <laughs> you fight a house and, I, and that was the, the, the hell house dude. the hell, the hell house, house man the hell house yeah. will fuck your shit up if you don't go into that prepared you know mm-hmm. it will yeah. absolutely fuck you up um I, I think the 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 thing the thing that really got me was you know it doesn't matter which character you're playing as you're in a battle right? but it's but in some of those long those longer more challenging fights you know i have a tendency to want to watch the combat animations of the limit breaks that i'm about to do we're like you know but what you're supposed to do is like as soon as you choose the action you're supposed to switch to the other characters so you can put it input more actions and i just mm-hmm. kept find myself like like but this is so dope i just want to watch cloud do this cross slash man yeah, like, yeah I, I don't want to i don't want to switch right now come on yeah. I was actually really lucky with with most limit breaks. That was like the finishing move I had on like multiple bosses. So it's like I gotta watch this. I have right. to watch it because I know this is gonna kill this boss, and I feel super dope that I was able to pull this off. Like, oh, it's so good. Now this um so the combat system like you were saying you get like an action meter that builds up and lets you do your like magic or use items, but in in between that you're doing like your normal attacks and those build up the meter. So there are a lot of times that that leads to very tense situations. Like mm-hmm. you got a party member or two, even two down, and you're down to the one last person, but you have to keep attacking in order for you to get mm-hmm. that meter up so you can cast a phoenix down. Mm-hmm. So that happened to me a bunch of times, and it's, I mean, it's so tense, and it's you have to be like really on it with your reactions and everything. But it's like, it's really rewarding when you're able to pull back a fight from that level. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This game, because of its difficulty, just it gets your heart racing. Like 
I had a really crazy moment happen to me uh, on the final boss. On uh, you know, okay, we'll just say right now, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't <laughs> played Final Fantasy VII Remake, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this game. Skip, just don't listen to this episode if you care about spoilers. But so, final boss fighting Sephiroth. Um, my controller died in the <laughs> middle of a fight. And I had a party member down already. And, like, he comes in with a sword slash. And I'm like, I'm going to block this, no problem. Nope, controller's dead. And the game (laughs) doesn't automatically pause when that happens. And it was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm, like, trying to get through. This is, like, the the best attempt I've had at the boss. And that happens. I... (laughs) I instantly ran upstairs, grabbed my other controller. It was like trying to set it up while I, <laughs> while I was still living. I, I actually lived it. Like that was my boss clear. That was your but, clear. Nice. Oh nice, my god! Like nice. I, th- I thought my heart was gonna jump out of my chest. It was so <laughs> intense. But like those are the mo- like I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment where I can't. I can't really say I had moments like that in the original. You know, like really right. intense, like impactful Dude. battles like that 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 last boss rush in the game where like mm-hmm. you just go like one after the other after the other after the other and again remember like this is before i really really figured out the combat system like i've gone through my every single one of my like my last ethers and potions and yep. phoenix downs then i get to the motorcycle chase and was like I'm like well shit if there's more bosses i'm fucked <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's there nothing i can do yeah <laughs> Oh my god, that the the last two to three hours of that game, uh, just so intense, but it, like, it, but also very very rewarding when when you finally finished it. Just yeah. yeah, yeah. When you win a fight, a lot of times it makes you, it makes you feel rewarded. Whereas a, a lot of RPGs, if you lose a fight, it makes you feel like your your numbers weren't big enough, and that's right. not as fun as like, oh, I lost that fight just because like I didn't play it right, or like, because yeah. then the, and when you win the fight, it's like, oh yeah, like I did great there. I'm such a, I'm the best gamer. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I've never played. I mean, like, I've never played a game that 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 isn't a sport, a, like a sports game or a fighting game, where like I th- threw my headphones off my head and shot my hands in the air. <laughs> when I, when I, beat, I was like, I fucking did it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like in the combat system too that each character feels very different from one mm-hmm. another. So in this mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. Uh, you have four playable characters: Cloud, Tifa, Baron, and Aerith. Um, each one brings something wholly new to the party, which I guess you could say that about the original. But like the difference between a Sid Highwind and a Cloud, at the end of the day, it's like stats. But in this game, every character is very different. You use them for different reasons. I found myself switching between all three of my characters all mm-hmm. the time because I needed to utilize all their abilities. You know, Cloud having his like kind of de- defensive stance and then like his more aggressive. Um, damage dealing stance like you really needed to use that along with you know that the really combo driven f- super fun tifa play style she she was my favorite to play oh. by far oh yeah oh yeah tifa was so dope yeah she's so much fun to play that like where you're trying to like stack your um, chakra or something like that i can't remember what the, the term was you keep fighting and fighting with an atb gauge you can use that to kind of increase like boost her own stats bear it with his long range shots and you could change him to a melee character which becomes so boss oh my oh, god yeah. <laughs> melee bear it best bear it for sure 
Oh, I, I, I the the what they did with Aerith too, because like she's not a fun character to play through in the in the original, right? She's super weak. She's got some like high magic stats, whatever. And like you know, spoiler alert, you know she's going to die. Yeah. So like like you don't want to fucking play with her. But they made her so much fun in this game, and mm-hmm. I was really surprised and uh, delighted with 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 how much fun it was to shoot the weird magic things out of her little poles and whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they did a good job. They changed her from being a melee character to a ranged character, which I think, like, very, very good decision. I'm glad yes. they didn't say, we have to stick to the original. Um, I feel like that was, like, a mandatory change that they executed really well. Yeah, she she's actually fun to play, which is um, something... I, I do not like that character. Like, I never have. And <laughs> this, ca- this game did a better job of making me come around to her a little bit, but I still don't like her. But I liked playing as her. Dude, she drops a cuss word in this game, which which, which was also surprising. And uh, she does a swear, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I did not expect Aerith to say that. Yeah, I, can we talk real quick about the amount of swearing in this game that like blew me away? I didn't even like Love expect it. that. <laughs> like, Love it. Cloud's just Love like, it. shit, you're a fucking bastard. Like, like basically, <laughs> basically says that. Like, it's great. <laughs> I, I I think it, just, yeah, it made the characters so much more relatable, and like it, they seemed like real people. I, I, I loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good characterization uh, in this game gives everybody their like unique voice, and yeah. it helps sort of like drive their like drive their motivations, make you feel more related to it. I mean, it helps that they look so good. The characters in this game are are pretty solid. I mean, of course they're completely bombastic this is a game made in <laughs> Japan, so there is no such yeah. thing as subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so over the top, but, but uh, immediately after finishing this game, I went, I went right back and started a started another playthrough of the, of the OG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of stuff that was pulled from the original game, almost whole cloth. I think the material system and the way that they implemented in this game, fantastic. They didn't Phenomenal. have to change. They didn't have to change anything because the material system is oh. one of the best mechanics that has been in a final fantasy game you know making it extremely simple like here's a slot you put a gem in that it will be a spell or an ability or some sort of boost there are slots that are connected if you put two gems in there that have some sort of reaction together that will happen you know like Mm -hmm. it's nice and simple you barely have to explain it and i love that like i love that they made smart choice made smart changes but they were smart enough to know hey material system a-okay by itself we need to just leave that alone i i judge every other rpg like like the material system is the gold standard for me because mm-hmm. like you're right it, it is it, it is very straightforward it's, it is very simple but then there's some really interesting things and sometimes get a little like game breaky with it yeah yeah like I, honestly my favorite material in the game are those like I, they're the blue material i forget what they what they call them in the game but they're like the augment ones like i use mm-hmm. the elemental uh, materia constantly. I was constantly mm-hmm. like trying to prepare myself for each battle, saying, "Okay, I know these guys are probably going to be um, weak to fire. I'm going to put elemental fire on Cloud, so he'll be my elemental attack damage dealer." And it made things so much easy. Uh, magnify. I mean, they should have just called mm-hmm. it fucking all, like they did. In they should have called it all. Yep. Yeah. But but it's basically that, right? So it's like it will turn one spell into it will hit in a wide range. So there's like there's your mass heal. There's your mass buff. Um, mm-hmm. It's. I, I, I was a little upset. I was a little a little upset that the material didn't split when you mastered it in in the remake. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. That's that's a little depressing, but you know, yeah. I I think sometimes, or at least in this game in particular, like they were trying to limit the the game breaking kind of um, materia stuff you could do because that. I guess, like, on subsequent playthroughs, it would be fun to be able to, to do that, like, especially on, like, hard mode. But, yeah, I think it was probably a balancing thing. That, um, totally. What did you guys think of the summons in this game? I mean, they look super cool. They yeah. Look, they, uh, they look great. The, 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 the challenge you had to face to get the Chocomog summon in the, like, power plant area, mm-hmm. which was very hard. Like, it was super challenging. And also, yeah, you also had to figure out the puzzle just to get to that area. Right. And then mm-hmm. you get thrown, thrown into this, like, 60-second battle, to, whatever. I like that so much better than, you know, than the Chadley stuff. I, I wasn't I, – that's, like, the one thing that I really wasn't a huge fan of. Like, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather be, like, challenged in-game – Put together some puzzles, like have a battle challenge, and then get some, and then discuss, you know, find the material, then have this random ass fucking Chadley, like, I created a new material for you. Like, mm-hmm. get, out of, get out of here, homie. Yeah. Weird kid. Yeah. Ch- Chadley yeah. was very weird, but With like. With your strange little bird pet. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. He had this weird like, thing by his eye. Like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, um, and I, I, I get that like he's like he's like trying to like get you to be like he's trying to get you to be more familiar with the battle system in general. Like, like there's a stagger challenge and here's a assess challenge and all that stuff. But like I don't want I, I, I don't like are we supposed to expect that he's going to create the knights of the round? I fucking hope not. I hope that's not where this goes. I really hope right? that's not where it goes. Um, but hey, Cloud, turns out I'm King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I. I don't like Chadley, but the fact that they give you, like, here are some challenges to do to kind of keep you engaged with the battle system, I thought that was a, yeah. a cool thing. The VR missions, I liked them as, like, isolated, really hard challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the first time he gives you a VR challenge at Shiva, and I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And I played it a couple times, got my ass beat, and then I was like, okay, let me think about this a little bit. And then I was able to put together a... Yeah good set of materia to beat her and that felt very rewarding and it felt rewarding like that throughout uh the other vr missions i didn't make it uh, all the way to the end i kind of spoiled myself to see what other vr missions there were after leviathan but man it's i I like that i like optional hard boss battles you know i i I really liked that same thing like in the kingdom Hearts series like you usually have to fight sethroth at some point as like here's the hardest boss in the game it's an impossible almost an impossible challenge but if you win you get something dope like i love that kind of stuff and the battle system in this game is so much fun that it's like yeah i want to do those vr missions yeah, I want to go to the Coliseum and the Shin and the Shinra Combat Simulator. Like, I want to do that stuff, mm-hmm. not just for like the items per se, but because the fighting is fun. Because I want to prove that I can beat this challenge. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. Last thing gameplay wise, I want to talk about is like the new weapon system. So, the original weapons were you know you go to the store, you buy the weapons. They'll have more or less materia slots, maybe an added effect to them. Um, but that's really it. Whereas in this game, it's like similar, but then they give you almost like a sphere grid, like uh, upgrading system a la Final Fantasy X, where mm-hmm. you can 
add more materia slots to it or you can upgrade you know your strength when you're holding this weapon or like you'll do more fire damage when you're using this weapon you know that kind of stuff i like that like i really like that change and it makes you a little bit more invested in the weapons I liked that the weapons gave you new skills to use for the mm-hmm. rest of the game once you mastered that. Um, I also liked that it did make it so, like, you could go, you could finish the game using the Buster Sword if you wanted yep. to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like that, that it leveled it out. Um, I did find the actual mechanic pretty tedious. Mm. Um, Agree. I, I found myself as like, all right, well. I'm using Barrett as a tank, so about, about you know midway through the game, I just set set his to auto, and I was like auto, defensive, done. Yep. Uh, but I like I played around with it for a little bit in the beginning, and then I played around with it a little bit to, to kind of like to tweak it towards the end game or whatever. But so, so I like the idea behind it, um, and I and I, I really really like that you know, gaining the ability from the weapon, but actually like cycling through the different orbs and selecting a thing and checking my sp like that wasn't for me yeah right it was a lot of management i think if there are more meaningful differences between each of the weapons other than just different stat numbers it would have been worth engaging with more i, I did like that they brought the nail bat back though so. yeah, but yeah that was the cool i never actually <laughs> used that weapon but i, I think it's like, super cool looking yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, there's like a lot to the battle or the weapon system, but I just found that it wasn't really ever necessary to fully engage with. So it was like something that was right. there and I'd mess with it for like the two weapons I was using on each of my characters that I would like cycle between depending on who's in your party at a given point in time. But it was just like a lot of a lot of hoopla that I never truly engaged with. Yeah, yeah. It, in true JRPG fashion, you know, they're going to drop a ton of systems on you. And the thing that I liked about it was that you could engage with it, but you could just as easily turn that shit on auto and never even interact with it, and you're still fine. You know, like, I found myself liking to tinker with it, but, like, that's what I do in these games. Like, I fucking tinker around. Um, so, actually, but, so, so on that, because I agree, the, the, that I, I've, I've always kind of struggled with, with getting into a new JRPG is because, because of all of the systems that are dropped on you. And, like, I'm already familiar to an extent with the like the ATV battle system. I'm already familiar to an extent. Well, like, well, material didn't change at all. So like Jake, for you, like for you, coming into Final Fantasy VII really for the first time, like, and w- was any of it overwhelming or they did it like, not too no? much. It's it took like a second to kind of get to know it. Um, the game doesn't really hold your hand, but it's just so long that you're able to really get a good grasp of it before you have progressed much into the game itself um for a long time i didn't know like the blue materia you were supposed to like put in the linked slot to synergize with another materia so i didn't start using the elemental one until like kind of late in the game because i didn't really fully know what it did so i couldn't level it up so it was like just like a little bump (laughs) on my characters instead of like really scaling like it's supposed to yeah. Um. But, I mean, there's there was a little bit of googling. There was a little bit of like looking at the walkthroughs for the mechanics, but mostly for the side missions for me. All right. So let's talk about the story. So, um, the story are of- those are those ghost guys in the first one? <laughs> no. 
No. Okay, okay, no. Jesus, I had no clue. You guys, this is gonna... <laughs> welcome to the section of the podcast where these two explain the plot of Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> the original to me, for 25 minutes. Yeah, so, yeah, so... Was but, Sephiroth, was he a vision, or was he ever really there? No, okay, okay hold on, wait. So the, 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 the story of Final Fantasy VII is probably the most convoluted, absurd, just... Can the, I... Like the, it, Can I try it, it, to summarize it based on just, like, my co- yes. cultural osmosis? Yes, yes. please, please. Yes, yeah. I want this. You're Cloud. You're a soldier. You get hired by eco-terrorists. They want to blow up the power plants because, oh, no, there's, they're, they're taking too much of the oil. Um, at some point, <laughs> you meet Aerith. She's important. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> she gets killed, so she wasn't that important, obviously. <laughs> no, um, no, okay, okay, keep going. Then keep going, keep going. Cloud has fake memories. They were implanted <laughs> in him. Um, and it turns out the Mako or like the oil of the earth is like aner- is like alien blood or something like that. <laughs> and Sephiroth, Sephiroth is like related to the alien and he's trying to blow up the world because he's got mommy issues um and he only has one wing but still flies all right with just that one wing uh but then you kill him and i mean it's like a classic jrpg where a group of teenagers punch slimes till they're strong enough to kill god with the power of friendship so you're you're not you're not entirely wrong <laughs> that like that's pretty close like pretty it's close. close it's close um yeah so uh, where do you even start? Uh, so yeah, you are Cloud. You get hired by the Ecoterrorists, whatever. Um, it, it it turns out well. First, you think that Cloud is a clone of Sephiroth, but he's actually not. He's just been um, confusing himself with uh, a guy named Zack, who is Aerith's original boyfriend. I don't even. Dude, it's it's really fucking convoluted and confusing, and it doesn't For no really. Reason. It, for like no yeah. okay. reason to, but so like all but also, the, and also stuff is the, weird. the it even like the oh god, I've never been able to really explain this story. <laughs> like, like I, I know what it is in my head. You I can't guess. really tell the story of Final Fantasy VII. It needs to be experienced. So that's kind of yeah. what I'm doing yeah, right now. Yeah. So so yeah. like so like as you guys all said, it's like the game starts off with you, Cloud, Mercenary who is a soldier, badass guy, right? You know, kind of super strength, like has this giant sword, total badass. He's a mercenary hired by eco-terrorists led by Barrett, uh, or his faction is being led by Barrett to stop Shinra. Shinra, evil corporation, draining the world of its energy for their own profit and using propaganda to get the people of Midgar behind them, even though... They don't give a shit about the people. They care about the money. They care about the Mako. So Barrett is, I want, like, he wants to stop it. He wants to save his city because he was born in the slums. He cares about the people. He's seeing what's happened, so he wants to stop it. You bring in Cloud as a mercenary to help out there. Tifa, childhood friend of Cloud. Uh, they go way back. It's like serendipitous that they're both in the same place at the same time, kind of. And it's like a fun little thing where it's like oh here's this shitty teen cloud who thinks he's the best fucking thing since sliced bread and then you have this touch point to cloud before that you know in tifa uh 
Eris is in like, there, I guess. But, but even but, but even like that that that's just like this that's like that's what it looks like at the surface. But really, what it turns out is that like Shinra has discovered the existence of an ancient people known as the Setra, who like have a deep connection to the planet. And what they're mm-hmm. really trying to do is find the promised land to have yeah. an unlimited supply of Mako or whatever. Like you know, like and then that that's all happening. It's like, all about the Mako. That, and they, yeah, but they Follow the Mako. It's all. It, it is all about that Mako. You know, <laughs> you Mako life. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and then it turns out that like Aerith is, is like kind of the key to everything, and so she's super important. And then she has to die for a reason, so that her life energy can go back to the planet in mm. order for her to stop Sephiroth from enacting his, like, major evil plan. Because you know, would strike not me down, do I'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's, as it's, it's, I understand, like, the the ghosts, the, like, the, like, the Grim Reaper guys that show up, they are, like, a representation of the remake's plot deviating from the original's plot. Yeah, kind yeah, of. That's that's what I mean. I, I think that's what's implied, right? Yeah. yeah. Until they yeah. turn into a giant fate monster that you punch hard enough until you change the plot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so okay. So so let's like, let's take a breather. So um, uh, there's also after the original Final Fantasy VII, then you also had Crisis Core, which is the prequel to Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. and Advent Children, uh, which was the movie Ep- sequel epilogue. to. Yeah. Right. Um, so right now the, the kind of running theory is that the Sephiroth we encounter in the remake is the Sephiroth from Advent Children and also they're different <laughs> kind of yeah and also and also kind Sephiroth of more, but no, no, no it's, uh, like Sephiroth is more of an idea or like he's like oh, he's, he's a presence he's, he's a presence <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like he's like he's like he's like negative Batman like he's like a symbol like, you know like he's a he's like a he's a he's always kind of around he's always there, out there or whatever he's always okay out there. Um, so the the, the what's it, what seem seems to be implied is that like the Sephiroth that we encounter in the remake is a Sephiroth from maybe the future who is trying to change the like the the the, the course of destiny or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in order to allow him to win which I, he wants like his end goal also as a bad guy is to become one with the planet so that he can use the planet as a vessel to travel the cosmos to destroy other planets it's it's crazy it's great like it's very it's it's just the most anime shit on the planet yeah just, like you know, yeah so let, let's talk about Sephiroth <laughs> a little bit like Sephiroth uh in the original game the way that they kind of introduce him is through kind of conversation at first and like hushed tones like people talk about Sephiroth but it's like oh my god he's dead it, do- it doesn't matter and then like he kind of slowly comes back as like kind of visions that cloud has but like their their physical manifestations so that that's something that they maintain in in this game is that like is he fake or is he is he real we don't really know but he's back you know like his presence is back and then after the midgar section they go and explain the entire backstory Here's where here's Cloud's connection to Sethroth. Here's Tifa's mm-hmm. connection to Sethroth. So like stuff what, that we're gonna find out in like episode two. Yes, episode two is gonna yeah, be yeah. this. Is gonna be like, the backstory yeah. of who Sethroth is, why is he as powerful as he is, why is he important? And 
Why well, he got them cat these... eyes? <laughs> right. Uh, and how is he connected to all this stuff? But, so, like, mm-hmm. he is originally a war hero, a very powerful soldier, but he is a soldier. Like, he listens mm-hmm. to his commanders. Yes. He yeah. is somebody people look up to. And then things happen. He finds out, like, what he truly is blows his fucking mind apart and then he's like well now i gotta just kill everything like that's just like that's that's the progression of his character and i like how in this game they make it very apparent that seth roth fucked cloud up fucked Mm -hmm. him up physically but most importantly Mm -hmm. fucked him up mentally like screwed him up big they they show a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards really of like big moments in the game like they show seth roth kind of striking down tifa that's a pivotal moment for cloud and their relationship that is never really talked about enough that like why doesn't tifa know that cloud isn't who he's saying he is but whatever like that's that's, because she's just a good friend she's rolling around with it you know it's like when you go from like your like a nickname to a full name when you start going to college (laughs) but like as 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 we have been struggling and failing to tell the story of final fantasy 7 tony uh, <laughs> what i've realized is that um it might be easier to tell the story of final fantasy 7 if you tell it from the perspective of sephiroth which is what you've been doing mm. yeah like, it it actually like that makes it a lot more clear <laughs> yeah yeah that like that's actually that's a good point yeah but like some mm-hmm. of the things that we're we're missing out on with the story is that you know Shinra is again all evil mega corporation that kind of runs great, shit. Great evil corporation name, right? It's yeah, it, yes too, and they have like really good, God, just like the the design of all their logos and the propaganda. Mm-hmm. In it. It's like it's very um, evocative of what a evil corporation would be. Like it's it's really well done. But there's the president of Shinra. He has his his like executive team that are kind of. There's like a weapons person and there's like a city planner person and there's, you know, all these other, you know, uh, executives that are... There's like these like five cartoonish people who are like, yes, let's kill all the people. And there's like one normal guy in a suit who's like, guys, I don't think we should kill... Shut up. Shut up. Oh, yeah, Nobody likes your opinion. Yeah. (laughs) But Uh, I was uh, was uh, going to say... Jake... Jake, as, as, as for someone who for someone who so no spoilers for Jake apparently so, Jake, so uh, as someone who who doesn't have a huge uh, connection to this uh, I want you to remember Reeve yeah just, Reeve, just, remember, just, remember just, that guy just, just keep that in just, your mind just lock 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 that guy down in your memory brain just uh, just remember oh, right. Reeve. okay uh, I'll remember I'll keep him in my yeah. brain yeah. Yeah. but yeah. like the like the main thrust of this story like we're talking about like kind of the big ideals of it but the main thrust of the story is avalanche is a a terrorist group they are a terrorist group there's no mincing words about it um a terrorist group that wants to stop shinra and that is kind of what propels everything forward in this game you know the the big moments of this game are blowing up the mako reactors rushing shinra headquarters like those are the things that drive the plot along is avalanche trying to Mm -hmm. take down shinra and that's what brings everybody together under this avalanche banner it becomes Mm -hmm. something much more as every jrpg does right but in this is like a nice contained story of you know terrorists trying to do the right thing and here is all the casualty that happens because of it because you know shinra are shitty you know they they drop 
a massive steel plate on part of the city, killing a significant amount of people at the kind of the drop of the hat to try to squash the, this this rebellion that is coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and doing it masterfully that I don't think they do in the original of, again, showing the propaganda, showing that Shinra controls the messaging, blaming things on Wutai, which is, you know, mm-hmm. remember, Jake, when I was talking about, like, Sephiroth being a war hero? Mm-hmm. It's from this war between, like, Midgar and Wutai, you know, like, those right. countries. There's a lot of, like, good side storytelling there, where they're never, like, telling you, like, hey... Uh, they're with Wutai. By the way, Wutai is blah, 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 blah. It's just yeah. like through the, the dialogue and the storytelling, you can infer, even if you have no idea who Wutai is, like yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I think also with one of the things that, that this game did really, really well, I mean, as we're now learning or relearning here, is this: the story of Final Fantasy VII is super insane. And mm-hmm. this game did a really good job, I believe, of, of grounding it to a certain degree of and still preparing you for some level of insanity. Even like clearly, there's something else happening and all these other things, but there's mm-hmm. this very, very clear foundation now for where this story is going to go in the future. That when you're playing through the original, it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's like, whoa, what am I? What's happening right? Yeah. Like, I was just a happy-go-lucky eco-terrorist, and all of a sudden, all this crap starts happening to me. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, so I, I, th- I think that this is, the, the, the remake, the, at least, who knows what's going to happen next, but uh, this it's, it's, a, it's going to set up for a more exciting and complicated story in the future, but it, it's going to be easier to digest, and maybe, maybe if we ever, you know, if we do this podcast again and 20 years when the game is complete <laughs> yeah. We'll be able to, yeah we'll be able to succinctly say this is the story of final fantasy 7 which we can't right. do right now well i mean it's definitely going to be different from the original because my boy was it roche uh my boy roche <laughs> comes into this game so like one of the things that this game does is that they add a lot more content to it so in the original Jesse Biggs and Wedge, like the the other Avalanche team members that are non-party, non-playable characters, they get some screen time, but not a ton. You know, they're kind of just like throwaway characters. In this one, they flesh them out. They do a mm-hmm. ton with these characters. Like Jesse's whole side story of going to the you know top side where like the rich suburban Shinra employees live. Like that whole section of the game is fascinating and, and again it, it builds the world of midgar which is so uh enchanting as a as a locale like they add so much more content there around that stuff but then they add additional soldiers i.e is it it's a it's roche right is that the oh, motorcycle yeah. guy yeah the motorcycle he's, guy. he's my favorite he's my favorite so <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh, that's a weird. What, it's a weird addition, but like he's what, welcome because yeah. he's outrageous and so you fucking just, anime. You're I, motorcycling down to like could do a mission, and then all of a sudden, like there's a cutscene of some dude standing by a bike, and he like whistles approvingly as you pass by, and then that's just like it. You don't see him for like ten minutes. So for the entire bike ride, I'm like, was that, was that for something? <laughs> like, did that happen for a reason, or did oh. they just want to like show yeah, then, how cool and, this is? And then, and then you proceed to have a fucking like Dragon Ball Z fight on motorcycles. Yes. With dude. He like, fights like, with his motorcycle. He fights with his yeah. motorcycle like it's a sword, like it's yeah. like it's a regular hand weapon. Yeah. 
weapon. And for some, and like somehow it doesn't look outrageously ridiculous. Like it looks ridiculous, but it's like, I can kind of see it. I, I, the guy's like popping up on his front yeah. tire and like whipping the back at you. It's like, okay, yeah. I got to get it. I get it. <laughs> like, Dude, if, if, if they don't bring him back, because you, you, you also, you spoilers, you, you, you see him for like, Two seconds of the game, like really, like like yeah. when you're looking at the game mm-hmm. as a whole, he's there for two seconds, and you never see him again, and he's never mentioned again. Yeah. But if they don't bring him back, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. I'm gonna riot. He's was, the best. I hope he's so a playable game. I hope he takes over Cloud as the main series anta- or protagonist after this. <laughs> I love Roche well, and yeah. his motorcycle. Well, yeah, you know, you know how you know how Diddy Kong got his own racing game. We need fucking like Roche motor Roche racing. racing. Yes. Yeah, right. Roche, Roche God rage. Of the, God yeah. of the road. I love it. I would love that. Oh my god, that'd be so great. Um, but. I guess, like, one of the other characters I want to mention, because, like, I think they do these characters so right in this game, are the Turks, Reno and Rude, and then whatever oh, their yeah. leader is, the, the guy who's got, like, the weird third eye thing. Um, I, forget, I can never remember. Zong. Zong. That, that's Zong. to say. Yeah. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but the they, they introduce the Turks as kind of, like, this, here's, like, the elite soldiers of shinra right i i hope they continue to to bring those guys through the story i would love to see them pop up more than they do in like the original game but you know, we'll see reno and rude yeah oh they pop oh dude they're, they're, yeah you, i don't think pop, pleased, they, man i i want i want to see them more i want i want to see yeah, them yeah. a lot um it sucks that red 13 is only an npc in this game that sucks mm-hmm. yeah because red 13 yeah. is like a a main party member he's one of my favorite characters in the game but it's mostly because of his his attitude, like his quips, and it's just like he's a talking dog, you know? Like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's it's wonderful, and his voice sounds exactly like I remembered it. You know, exactly how I remembered it, uh, or not as I remembered it, as I wanted <laughs> I was it say. to say, as I remembered it in my head, as like the 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 voice of his of him was like exactly how I thought he would sound, which was I, uh, great. I loved, I loved the interactions between him and Barrett. Yep. Like there's just, and the, like the humor in general throughout the game, especially towards like, you know, the second half of the game, it gets, there's a lot of heavy shit happening. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. And like, but the, the ability to, that, that the creators had for this to, to, to bring, the humor back in whenever they could in that same silliness like of the original was just so refreshing i love it yeah yeah i mean speaking of silliness like one of the things that I, jake i was telling you about before we recorded this is that like i love that this game does not shy away from the silliness of the original like the original final fantasy 7 the midgar portion is kooky you know it it's <laughs> it is goofy you know, all the Walmart stuff where you have this guy, Don Cornello, who's basically looking for his next, you know, uh, sexual assault uh, victim. Uh, and he's like auditioning, you know, beautiful girls for this whole thing. And the idea of, well, let's just dress Cloud up like a girl. We'll get him in there. You know, like mm-hmm. it's I did not think they were going to do it. I didn't think they were going to rejigger that whole section somehow, but they didn't. And they went for it. And it was great. There's it like a great. dance mini game in this. 
Yeah. And Cloud oh. is not even bad in eyelash. He's like, I gotta dance for the mission? Hell yeah, bust some move, and, like, it's so great. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Tony, uh, you asked me to, to think of, what, like, what's the best moment of the game for, 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 for me? Yeah. It was that. Like, it, partly because, so, um... My, uh, my my girlfriend she decided for the because I I took four days off of work to to play this game all the way through uh, because I knew that I wasn't get any any work done uh, if it was just sitting around so yep. I'm playing this game basically 24 hours a day for for four days in a row and so Catherine decides to sit down with me to be like hey like you know I know you love this game like let me like spend some time with you to like to see what you love about this game and she sat down right as that <laughs> dance dance revolution mini game started beautiful beautiful i was like <laughs> and and for me I'm like yeah i'm i'm laughing my ass off just because like it's the goofiest part of the whole game took me completely by surprise yeah uh and but like but i loved it one because of just the moment that I shared with her, but also it's like because there's there is so much silliness in the original game that 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 they found ways to bring into the remake, and that was definitely one of them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's de- it's delightful. It's it's that part is delightful, and I, I actually didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did. Um, it's it's great. It's great. Um, I I am so glad that they decided. To, to keep that stuff. Um, yeah, cool. there's a lot of fun little cool mini games uh, in this that are a whole lot of fun and add some good variety to it. Yeah, yeah, and like a lot of them comes in the wall market section, just like in mm-hmm. uh, the original. Like mm-hmm. I, I really like the squat rhythm game. Um, I hated it in the original game because it it was really easy from what I remember. This is like here's a nice challenge there's a, a a very interesting mechanic of you have to like press these button presses but they get faster so like you have to get into a increasing rhythm as it goes um it very intense very intense and really fun the i didn't like the pull-ups that much um which was just like a remix version of the squats um they're just so hard yeah it, they it, were just so hard and it did it like really wasn't worth it like the stuff that you got from it it's like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care that much so I never did the pull-ups because um, there's like a point in the game. So you get side quests like between main story missions at some points, but then like one moment, kind of like right before you go into the final like series of stages at the end, um, it tells you like, "Hey, this is your last chance in Midgar to do these missions. Here's a whole bunch of side missions, and there's a lot of them. I kind of got bogged down by them, so I just ended up looking up how to do the quests online." And then, like, saw this one's, like, pull-up challenge. Then, like, here are the rewards. There aren't any really rewards. So I'm just like, cool, I can skip that one. Super yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's not great. And, like, the dance scene is fun, but I don't like that minigame. Like, I don't think it's, mm-hmm. a good, it's not a good minigame. Um, I did think the darts was super-duper fun. Yeah. <laughs> the, I think, like, the, the, the minigames in the side, to Jake's point, the, like, the, the, the minigames in the side quest... Did have like it was like the law of the diminishing returns like mm-hmm. towards the end towards the end of the game like it's especially right before you make the climb like yeah. hey this is yeah this is this is your last chance like here's all the things you can do I was like okay but like what can I do bare minimum because like I'm now right. I'm so so invested in the story and I want to see how this is gonna fucking go it's like yeah like I, I yeah I, I'm 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 with you. That, that was. Like, I was just doing them at that point almost for a sake of yeah. grinding to make sure I'm a high enough level right. to be yeah. able to exactly. do yeah. the end content. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like how many more how many more cats can I go look for? Yeah, that's that's some of that stuff is just, <laughs> so shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like needless padding, right? But like um yeah. I, I get it. Like I get they had to make this feel like a full game experience. Uh so you have to put some of that stuff in there which which kinda sucks. Switching gears like a little bit, I, I really want to talk about like specific characters. Like I need to say this about Barrett, like I never liked Barrett as a character in the original. Like he was very one dimensional at the very start of the story and he gets depth like later on in the game. Like when you go to the golden saucer and you, and you kind of find out how he gets like the gun arm and, and some of that stuff. It's like that adds nice context for him. But like, I always didn't love him as a character. Um, mm-hmm. This game, they add so much more to him and you really kind of understand like he cares a lot about the planet he cares a lot about his little girl and he feels bad that he has to keep leaving his little girl behind like you see those scenes multiple times in this game and like there's so much affect and again because the the graphics are so good and the voice acting production is so good like it really makes you feel like I like Barrett wins me over in this game because because mm-hmm. of the nuance that is allowed by the new graphics and like the new systems that they have in play. Um, I never liked to use him in the old games either. I always thought like ah, he's just a big tank. But as soon as I got Red Thirteen, as soon as I got a character that I could switch out, like get him out of the party, I, I did so. Whereas in this game, I felt similar to that until Chapter Thirteen. There's at the at a point in chapter 13 it puts you squarely with Barrett solo kind of running through these hallways yeah. and it was actually like a really fun part of the game for me it's like oh this is why Barrett's good this is why he's like he works and why I want to use him on my team so like it, there was it, it puts you in the right circumstances to to use him effectively and it's like oh yeah he is really good and from then on I started utilizing him a lot more and mm-hmm. I, I really like that about this game, um, that they, they made me a fan of Barrett when I wasn't before. Um, so so on, on a very similar, so the, 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 the same way that the added detail and characterization and story uh, made you feel better about Barrett, and I know she's an NPC, but uh, I fucking hate Aerith's mom now. Oh, she's the <laughs> worst. She's a, she's a total fucking, Karen. She's total a Karen. fucking oh, dude. She's a bitch. I fucking. I, and, but, but, but like in the OG, it's like oh, like here's this like loving mom who's just trying to take care of her little daughter. But then like they added all these all this extra stuff and like all this extra backstory. I was like, dude, Eris' mom sucks. Dude, she's got some tood. <laughs> she's got some serious tood. I'm not into she's it. Like, I'm she's like the mother that. of like some weird ancient pre-humanity person. But she's like, not. Needs to, but she's, she's, not not, she's the care. She's the caretaker. She has to take care of her, and she like she knows Ew. all the Turks are after her all the time. Like I get why she's super put upon, and like when Cloud comes into her life, who's I guess am now learning the kind of reincarnation of Aerith's <laughs> first boyfriend. Uh, I could see yeah. her being like, "Hey, like thanks a lot, but please, please don't come here ever." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I. I, uh. I but I, since we mentioned mentioned Aerith, uh, we should probably talk about her a little bit. I hated her in the original. Never really liked her. Kind of Sam, like what you had mentioned earlier in the show, that like you know she's gonna die, so I never invested in her. And I always thought she was just so aloof and just just not charming. Like I always thought Tifa was just such a 
such a better character, and she still is. Yeah. Tifa is oh. best girl for sure, like by far. Team Tifa, Team Tifa, Team Tifa all day. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> Team Tifa. Hashtag Team Tifa. Um, but um, <laughs> I, like, I get that the aloofness is supposed to be like charming, but like, I can't stand it. And I guess this game does that same thing. They they kind of play up the mystery of her a little bit more in this, which I get into. Like, I kind of like that. I like that they they built a stronger relationship between Tifa and Aerith, but I, I still I still don't love her. I do think uh, I went back and I I watched uh, on YouTube at the in chapter fourteen. You'll get an optional scene with each of the different party members, kind of depending mm-hmm. on choices you make throughout the game. I got the Tifa scene, which is fantastic. But I went I back and Tifa watched Aerith, Aerith's uh, scene where it was like cloud talking to a vision in the in the field of flowers or whatever and she says she says some really um some real shit to him that i really like that she says don't fall in love with me even if you think you are it's not real so like she's cognizant of the fact that like cloud is starting to develop feelings for her and that he shouldn't because she's bad news you know like she's gonna get caught up in some stuff maybe she knows what the sacrifice she's going to make later. Maybe she already knows that somewhere deep in her. But, like, I really liked that scene. And it's like, God, all of those optional scenes in, in Chapter 14, I wish they were, like, just part of the game because they were so uh, charming and they and they gave a lot of context to these characters. Um, but I really appreciated that. Um, I'm, I'm still on the fence about all this, like, whisper fate bullshit and how she kind of knows so much about it. But at the same time does it like i'm still on the fence about what that is but like mm-hmm. the long term of like Aerith's um impact on the story and how she is going to be characterized in the future like i'm intrigued by where that goes as opposed to in the original game where i just i wanted to get to the part where she was dead so i could move on you know so so, so I, I i i generally agree with you i think what it comes down to it's like you know one obviously so when when we first played this game we were we were much younger um but then now also like so i guess adults who have to deal with written communication a lot mm-hmm. it's much harder to convey like really like the way you actually feel about something with just text right yeah and and so i, I really I, I feel like i understand era's characterization so much better now like there's a lot of things that when I was a kid, or like, or, and then, and that was like solidified. Like reading it, it just didn't come off the way that I think that it seems like it was meant to be. Right? Like I liked this kind of like playful gravitas that Aerith had in this game, where like, yeah, like, she, you can tell that like she understands that there's like a much bigger thing happening, and there's a lot of impact that you know you're gonna have on the on the story, but. You can hear through the like through the vocalization in this game where there's still this like playful attitude where I don't know like how I was reading it before, and so I I, I did feel a little a little bit more connected to Aerith, but um, definitely still Team Tifa all day. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Tifa, like she's she's great. She's not only the the most fun to play in combat, but like she feels like a real person. Like she feels like. You know, she has reservations about the things that Avalanche is doing. Even though she's Team Avalanche, like she's she's all for him. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she shows yeah. that it's like, hey, you know, we are terrorists, right? Like we are doing these things. Like, right. We are hurting people, even though it's for the greater good. It's like 
we're doing this stuff. So I, I really like that early in the game, they show that she's not just all gung-ho for this. Like, she really is upset by it and kind of holds her back from being, like, fully in on some missions. She kind of comes around as the game goes, but, like, they show that she's not a one-dimensional character. You know, she she's a strong female character that um, has feelings and understands the gravitas of the things that they're doing. Um, it, it's fascinating. And, like, I really liked her optional scene. That was the one that I got in my playthrough where, you know, she, um, you know, cries into Cloud's chest and, he like, he hugs her too tightly or whatever. But it's, like, that scene makes so much sense because, like, if you think about all the shit that that girl has been through, you know, like, a plate dropped on her home killing everybody she knows it happened to her when she was a child as well. You know, like, her whole village was slaughtered by Sethroth and burned down. You know, again, spoilers. But, like, that... She's been through so much. And to, like, have this scene where she has to cry it out. And she says, like, hey, this is, like, silly that I have to do this. But, but Cloud's like, no, man. Like, everyone has feelings. And it's okay. Like, I really liked that. I really liked that... Um, they put a scene yeah. like that in this game, like showing that, you know, it's okay to feel and, you know, she's not weak because of it. You know, she's strong because of that. I really like, I really like what they did with Cloud in this game too. Like, because uh, Cloud's character development in the original doesn't really happen until much, like much later than much you later. leave. Uh, after you leave, yeah. after you leave Midgard. And then, but then like by the end of the game, like, yeah, like he's completely dropped this like air of like I'm this badass motherfucker or whatever and like he's like clearly like I, I care about you I care about this like you know uh, fighting with you and all this just seeing the changes like as subtle as they were with him like that yeah that, that was something the, that was nice to see that moment where he's like yes I nailed it moved on like that moment of the game I laughed out loud yeah. so hard I didn't see that shit coming I didn't think this game had it in him like I didn't think that could have even happened in this game and it was it was such a great little character moment. It was so good and lighthearted, funny and like, mm-hmm. oh god, it was, it was it was great. It was so great. And I totally agree. Like they did a good job of showing him with an arc in this game where he doesn't he doesn't have that at all in the original. I feel like he's just kind of a, a little bitch from <laughs> the game, like most Final Fantasy protagonists are. Like let's be real. Like right. after, like seven onward, the main yeah. dude character is usually that for like i don't know four games or so uh so like this is kind of the start of how that works but like they make the saddest boy the protagonist you have to at least he's not fucking squall god that guy's a right joke yeah Uh, all right so let's start to move towards like uh, the end of this game and kind of what we think is (laughs) what the future of this series because i feel like the last so you don't want to talk about this forever i don't because want to talk about this forever no i'm looking at the, the i don't time want, right i'm the one editing this one too so <laughs> Actually, you know, you're right sam let's go back to wall market and talk uh no no, no. Uh, oh dude we have not even talked about how great fucking wall market is wall market <laughs> is so fucking great come on like it went from a it went from a two panel fuck i got a two panel uh, stage or whatever or, or, or map and then it turned into this giant living, breathing thing. That was great. We'll have a wall market podcast. Continue. <laughs> yeah. It, I think that just adds again to like the characterization of Midgard. There's culture here. There's people here. It feels alive, you know. But like, 
So the end of this game, they they introduce these like spirits, the, these whispers, these fates or whatever. Um, kind of through at at very early in the game, they introduce it, but they don't really like start to show you what what they're actually doing or what their purpose is until a little bit later. There's one point in particular, like I have to mention, like they kill Barrett. And then Barrett mm-hmm. comes back comes back to life oh. because he's not supposed to die there, which is like that was oh. the first moment I was like, that is very interesting. And then they, and then they just fucking throw you into a fight with Genova. You can't fucking do that to me. You can't just you can't just kill Barrett and be like, all right, now fight this like unbeatable boss. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, I, that, I, had, that, I had to pause the game, dude. I, I I had to pause and just sit there and catch my breath to be like, what? No. I well. I kind of thought something like that was going to happen because everybody and their mother is expecting Aerith to die. So kind of what I'm expecting them to do is kind of like mirror that scene, but with a different character. I think Aerith survives the end of these games, but somebody else gets got. See, I So I, I thought it was going to be Barrett. So I'm like, oh, Barrett died. Like that's, I mean, that's, I feel genuinely sad because I like Barrett's character in this. And like, that's kind of a cool reversal. And then like, we finish a fight, then the scriptwriter was just like, no, he's fine. Don't worry. My I, manifestation I not, in this video game of the Spectre said it's not his time to die, so don't worry. He didn't. Sorry to toy the I did not expect. I did not expect anyone to come close to death in this game. No. Because, <laughs> because, because, I, because, I've played, because I've played the original, and I'm like, you know, like, Aaron's death doesn't come until much later, much later. and, like, they're not gonna kill. They're not gonna kill anyone else. Like that was truly shocking, and 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 they literally throw you right into an insane boss fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's insane. And it's like, oh my god, is this real? Like I, I thought he was really dead. Like I thought that like I was like, oh, this Me is too. this mm-hmm. is what because like I heard like rumblings on the internet like, hey, some shit happens in this game. I'm like, okay, this has got to be it, right? And it's like, oh, no, it's not. But it sets up this really interesting thing that they allude to more uh, later in the game that, like, this story can go off the rails of what you're thinking it's going to. You know, they do a lot of things that's like, this is the story you remember, but anything can happen because of Sethoros thesis or what he wants to do in this game uh at least from what i can tell is he wants to defy fate like that is his main driving thrust future sephiroth coming back to fuck with the original timeline yeah like it's however they however they (laughs) however they make that work in the end that seems to be his purpose is that he wants to break the wheel of time and forge his own path and these whispers are here to keep it on rails they're here to keep it on the original game's storyline but Sethroth is gonna do his darndest to stop that so i think you're right jake like something else could happen with Aerith. like she could survive but it could be this some it could be something like it could be something like you try to save her and maybe you're successful but then the whispers kill her anyways, or like the whispers pick up the sword and drive it through her stomach anyways. No, like that'd be so, so that'd be wait, so dumb. Did, I'm saying that no, right now. If you're right, no, that's no, 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 so no, dumb. Oh wait. Oh, wait, so wait, so wait, wait. We okay. Hold on. We we the game player killed the whispers in this game. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Oh Did yeah, we? yeah. I guess I guess that's kind yes, of yes. No, no. We we killed the whispers. So the 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 way the the thing that I've been like. Like bubbling about and talking about my friends, watching online or whatever. It's like so that 
Well, Sephiroth is Sephiroth tried to manipulate Cloud and his party into killing the Whispers in order for future Sephiroth to change the past. That like so this because is... because in the in the original game in the in the, in the original game the fact that Aerith is part of the life stream is the main reason that the meteor doesn't destroy the planet. And so I think... What Wait, there's a meteor trying... now? There's a meteor, yeah. Oh, bro, Jesus. yeah. Oh, oh my God. I guess Look they do the have, like, a vision. <laughs> Look at the symbol yeah. for the game, dog! It's right yeah. there! So, but yeah, so, so, so I, I think what they're tr- trying to set up is this remake, there's still a lot of things that happen in the remake that we either like weren't privy to like there's like you could say like, oh maybe this happened in the original that we didn't see but there's still like a lot of like small story changes mm-hmm. that happened uh in the remake that that the the whispers and the arbiters of fate like try to change whatever i think that there's this they're, they're just trying to set up this thought that things might not happen mm-hmm. the, the way you that, think in the way that you think but it's not going to be so drastic. I think it's going to be in the in the ways that we saw in the remake, right? Like, in the original, they talk about a war with Wutai. In the original, they also talk about a war with Wutai. I think that we'll see the more information about mm-hmm. the war with Wutai in this remake version, even though it's still talked about in, 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 in the original. Mm-hmm. But this one, it's like... Aerith is still going to die. They can't just she let her to. live. She has, like, she has to die. Like, the, that is so. Like, it's such a key moment of the plot. For the okay, Sephiroth, calm down. <laughs> I can't wait yeah, to see bro, that scene. I can't wait. Oh, to see Oh Jesus, that scene. both of you, both of you want her to die I, so yes, badly. Yes, absolutely. Because it's such. She an has iconic to fucking scene. die. It's, it's I think a, she's gonna I, live. I think she's gonna live. I'm putting it on on record right now. I think okay. Aerith survives at the end of the Final Fantasy VII remake games. Um, that's interesting. Okay, but uh, like, uh, uh, I if if that happens, uh, if that happens, whoever's right, I'll make your bet right now, Jig. Shave your head. Shave so my head. Either I'm going. Yeah, either I. So if you're right and Aerith lives, this is like, and this is like a five year to ten year. Bet I love this idea. Five I'm years. So not confident enough in this to shave my head. <laughs> so. I, yeah, I, well, yeah, we're, we're we're talking five to ten years down the road because it took them forever to make this one fucking game. So if if you're right, I will shave my head all the way down to the fucking bone. And if I'm right, you do the same thing. Head shave. All right, head. there we I, go. I, I like this idea because I'm. I just like this idea. Like, yes, let's, let's do this, Jake. You gotta be in. It's a lot of. It's a lot. Okay, there we go. All this, all this is on the line right now. It's, Hopefully, it's, I'm balding yeah. in five years. It's, 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 hey. It comes for us. It comes for you because it's happening to me. It's the worst. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, so, like, the one other thing that I think is, is fascinating about this game is that we, we, we mentioned this guy earlier, Zach. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I really disliked about the original game that always felt like it came out of nowhere is this whole shit with Zach actually being the soldier that Cloud thinks he is. And it's like, well... But why doesn't Tifa know that this is bullshit? Why doesn't why doesn't Aerith say anything? Because she, that's Zach is her ex boyfriend or like what? Like it's they do a lot of convoluted stuff with this guy Zach who looks a lot like Cloud just with different hair. But 
they show Zack multiple times in this game. They show him fighting outside of Midgar, which is mm -hmm. uh, where he's supposed to die. They do a whole... There was an anime, I think it's called like... Uh, God, what was it? After Mission or something like that, where it's like tells kind of more the story of Zack. And in it's that... After Crisis like, Core, yeah. Well, yeah, and Crisis Core. Crisis Core also does it. Yeah. But it's like... Cloud kind of gets to Midgar because of Zack, and Zack fights all of these soldiers or whatever, and he's supposed to die right outside of Midgar. But And they show that. They show him fighting all these guys, and it's like, oh, yeah, cool, they're showing Zack dying, whatever. Oh, wait, he doesn't. Oh, shit. But is that reality? Is that another timeline? Is that is that another branch of fate that could happen here? Like, I thought it was who, a flashback. So it it kind of is, but th th there's there's a lot of debate right now because they show you a different dog or something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but you, get, I, you guys are so deep in the woods here, and I am outside no, yeah, of it. The, so, no, so, <laughs> there's a dog, so, so obviously it's I, a time okay. travel. No, no, no. Hold on, Jake. So it's so you know the stamps that you see throughout the cave or like throughout the sewer systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Barrett brings that multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. In scenes with Zack or something like that, you see that same dog stamp, but it's a different version. It's like slightly different. So the theory is that this is Zack from another timeline, just like it's like Back to the Future, right? Like things, okay. things, uh, you know, diverge, and Zack lives in one timeline. Is that the timeline so, that we're playing through? Uh -huh. Who knows? I, I. I, I don't buy into that, right? Like, the Coca-Cola bears have not looked like the same Coca-Cola bears from the beginning of history. It's true, right? like, yeah, it's like, true. Like, 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 you're gonna, like, you can change fucking dogs, right? He's got the vintage what, shirt. What, <laughs> yeah, like, what, what I think is happening, so, is that, as we talked about earlier, right, like, the story of Final Fantasy VII, when you're going by the original game, is pretty fucking stupid like it there's a lot of shit that happens they just throw at you randomly without any fucking backstory and then for example and and trust me i'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to a point here uh so uh, tony uh do you know in do you remember when was the last time you you played through the game oh at least 10 years ago if not more so in so it's a three disc game you're going through all this stuff and they're, they're throwing you a twist after twist after twist and do all these things and then all of a sudden in disc three out of nowhere hojo the the scientist that you that, that we fought against in the remake for mm -hmm. like, the last three chapters all of a sudden he's like oh by the way sephiroth is my son yeah out of nowhere and you're like what the fuck so what, what I think that the remake is trying to do is give the story a little bit more room to breathe. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to they're, they're going to make Hojo a much more significant villain mm -hmm. because from disc because after you leave Midgar in the original disc one and disc two you can find Hojo relaxing on a beach surrounded by fucking bikini clad women to yep. be like leave me alone I'm trying to look at tits that's and then and then all of a sudden he's like Sephiroth is my son like what the fuck like right and, right. He, has, what the, and he has connections yeah. to Aerith's mother and right, a whole right, bunch right. of stuff you know and like he yeah. like I, I don't remember if this is accurate or not check me if I'm wrong Sam but like he also has something to do with like Cloud and Zack in some way like like he's like tied to them a little bit so it's like 
like he in the original he doesn't even really remember remember cloud too much Mm -hmm. so i think that but then they also kind of like as the you know crisis core came out and and a little bit in the original he's like oh yeah like i guess like you're not really a sephiroth clone i was kind of doing this thing so yeah i think like they're just gonna they're just gonna flush out the hojo zach cloud story more and it has nothing to do with alternate timelines it's just like this is what we were trying to tell Mm -hmm. and we just did a bad job telling this yeah in the original i i'm that's i am excited that they showed zach so early that they are gonna talk about it more because like you said sam it's a complete left turn that all this hojo stuff comes up I always was like railroaded by the the Zack stuff too, and it's like I could have been okay with, hey, uh, Cloud's got fucked up memories. Like I didn't need this like taking over another person's life kind of thing. Like I, I didn't need any of that kind of shit. Um, so I'm glad that they're going to attempt to pull all that stuff together and make it a little bit more uh, coherent. Coherent, uh, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm very intrigued to see where they go. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put this on tape right now. My my prediction for the start of the next game is they're going to introduce Yuffie, and she is gonna steal all of your shit right at the beginning of the game. And that's how you get like get Metroided. Yes, exactly. So they can oh, yeah, reset yeah. everything because I think they've already said that they're not going to have stuff carry over from game to game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how they're going to, to explain all that shit away because she does that in the original. She's like, when you first meet Yuffie, like you start the Wutai, the optional Wutai stuff, she steals all your shit. And it's like, it, it was very frustrating for me because I had an awesome setup on my characters and I, I lost all of it and I had to refigure it out. But I think that's how they're going to start the next game because it makes sense that more Wu-Tai stuff's going to come in. Like, they're going to... If they don't do that in the next game, it'll be the game after that or something. Like, they will well, use that you, trick to start one dude, of these games. Yuffie you, you, steals your materia multiple times in the original. It, they, could, they, they could do that... Yeah, for the, as, just, as many times as they want. So instead of making her a playable character, she is just how we start each game. Just Yuffie comes with the, well, right. give me your shit. Because the, 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 first, the first time you meet her, she steals your shit. And, yeah. then, and then when you when you go to Wu-Tai, she steals your shit again. Well, it's like, you know, yeah. Yuffie's the one who dies instead yeah. of Aerith, I'm calling it. There's no way Aerith doesn't die. What I really think the next game is going to be, though, is going to be almost straight flashback. And the playable characters are going to be Cloud, Sephiroth, and Zack. And Tifa, maybe. It'll be, it'll be like those four. Huh. So and it that's, will that's... explain all of Zack's back history. It's going to explain, or at least some of it. It'll explain kind of what happened to Cloud, what happened to Sephiroth, what happens in the city of Nibelheim. You know, the iconic scene that I think they showed in this game too of Sephiroth kind of walking through this fire. Um, that's him setting Nibelheim, which is Cloud and Tifa's uh, so, hometown. Like he's, they're going to tell that story and that's either going to be the entirety of the game or like here is a good 15 hours. It's like so, doing that. So that's what I thought too. But the, like the more that I sit and think about it, like, there's a lot of the, the the whole like who is cloud who does he think he is like, I, I think 
that that's gonna give away too much, right? Like the they could run towards the ending a whole lot more in this remake than they do in the original game. They could either streamline or straight up skip some shit to get you there faster. So like yeah. I think if they do that stuff to kind of reveal who Cloud is earlier in the game, it cuts out some shit in the back end of that game, and it also um, can get the story moving forward. So the real after Midgar part, you know, moving the timeline forward, can happen like this. In that game, you it, could have all of Golden Saucer, Aerith dying, the the um, pyramid thing return back to Midgar. You could have all those things happen in one game if but you kind of get through bigger story stuff in the second one. I, I, I think they're still going to get through the bigger story stuff in the second one. Because I, I really, I, I also, like, I really thought they would, like, that based off of uh, how they treated Midgar and what I know comes next story-wise with Nibelheim and, and the flashback, like, they, they could do that. What I trying to like loop in just like what I know about capitalism and, <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, how video games are made. I think they, they, they'll, they'll push through the story, but then when I, whenever the episode that happens where you find out that cloud, like they, they, they're going to push through the story the way that we know the story, but then they'll release the Nibelheim DLC where you can go back and play Sephiroth as his, as a playable character and then like you'll get to go do it again but you can be sephiroth i think the like that i think that that, that, they'll save the zach they'll save the zach and cloud the zach and sephiroth stuff until after that twist has been made the way that the story like is supposed to go yeah and Hmm. then you'll be like yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah, i'm i'm very excited for what the future holds for this like i I honestly think, and I said this on other podcasts, and I'll say it again, this is a game that if you have the means, like, go buy this game. Like, like don't even wait for a sale. Like, Square Enix needs to see that when they make something of this high quality that you need to put money behind it, vote with your dollar. Like, I want to see what their ultimate vision is of this, and if, if we buy it, then we will hopefully get something good. So yeah, I, I'm really excited for what what the future is. It just buy this game; it's very good. Um, mm-hmm. It's very very. It's good. phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely enjoyed it too. And having never played Final Fantasy VII, not having that nostalgia associated with it at all, at all, I still really loved the game. I thought it was very fun. I definitely yeah. have my gripes, um, especially with the story. I think it gets kind of weird and draggy and it like it definitely like speaks to the plot of the original final fantasy 7 a lot in a way that i just didn't get because i didn't yeah. know what it was talking i didn't know what they were talking about right it's like an inside joke i'm not a yeah. part of but like i still enjoyed it i still enjoyed the characters i still thought the story was pretty solid throughout kind of gets a little weird towards the end in a way i wasn't like fully on board with um but this game is really sold on it's it's very good gameplay that shows mm-hmm what an RPG can be like in 2020 and it can still be active and difficult and fun and meaningful. And it's really fun. I really enjoyed, I'm really happy I got it and I really enjoyed the game. Um, 
Speaking of inside jokes, uh, you know, my favorite mm. moment from this game is definitely like something that's like inside baseball, like only speaking to the people who have played the original, but the, there's a cat Sith reveal <laughs> when, when the plate falls, um, there is a short scene where they show this little black and white cat who is walking on, you know, two legs. He's got a little crown on and he slams the ground. You know, it, it, it's like to you, Jake, you were like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, exactly. It, that makes no sense to you. They showed that character zero amount of times after that. They never explained any of that. But what it does is it it introduces a very pivotal character, another playable character. D- does it? Cat Sif is yes. a playable character yes. in the. Yeah, oh wait, is he the yeah, one who has yeah. like a robot? Yeah. Yes, so, he's a he's a ro- he's a robot giant mog, and their their entire battle system is based off of dice. Yeah, it's great, it's, oh. and I hope and I hope they keep that. I hope they keep I hope they keep Cat Sith like a hundred percent the same. It probably won't, but like they introduce Cat Sith, and it's like one of my problems with that character in the original is that I don't want to spoil the turn for you, Jake, but like there is a really interesting thing they do with this very weird character, and the way they introduce him when they do adds a little more context to it. So when this big moment happens with Cat Sith, it's, um, it's going to make so much more sense. It's going to make so much more sense and it's going to be done in a, in a way better way. That was my favorite moment for sure because that's a very smart change to the events of Final Fantasy VII. You know, like it's, it's a very smart change that does service to the story overall that mm-hmm. it it's one of those very small things uh, amongst everything in this game that really tells me that they know what they're doing. They're making a very interesting and good video game. I hope they can keep it up in all the, the next L, uh, episodes. But if this game is any telling of what they can do in the future, I'm like a thousand percent sold. It's oh, it was so good. Catsith. Whoo. Can't wait. It's fucking yeah, it's fucking amazing. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I'm sure you even forgot about that moment, Jake. It's just like ah, I did, I, I did, and then you brought it up, and I'm like, do I remember that? Did that happen? Was that <laughs> a did, fever dream? It did happen, and it's it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. God, it's so great. We didn't really talk about the music of this game, but uh, uh, it's so good. We don't have to. It's like, very it's good. So, go listen to the soundtrack right now. It'll be on YouTube <laughs> or on Spotify. It and there's so much of it. There's so mm-hmm. much music, uh. and there. It, it, it moved me multiple times. That's the nostalgia factor, right? Like when you hear Eris' theme come on or Tifa's theme or like even like Scorpion Sentinel music like Dude, right, right no, at the beginning. Just it made me emotional. Collect- it made me emotional when you hear those notes come on. Uh, collecting the discs, like like collecting the discs around the game and like and, and, and hearing all of the tracks that for someone who's, who's been listening to this music for forever, right? Like all of the different like versions or covers or, or whatever the, yeah, oh, man, the, the, the jazz v- version of Tifa's theme so that you like, you get it really early. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, I love the music. I yeah. love it. It's, it's, it's one of the best parts of this game that we haven't even mentioned in like the almost two hours that we've gone yeah. here. It's, it's very good music. I know. It's, it's very good. Yeah. It's very, very good. I, I think, I think I read the room enough. I think we're all three of us. Hey, I like this game. Hey, yes. Hey, yeah. Hey, I oh, like hey, I, I I love this game. Hell yeah. Best best game of 2020 so far for sure. 
And I could make an argument that this is, so far, the best game of this generation. I can make an argument for that. I feel like this gen, was it gen 8? It's not, like, my favorite of all time when it comes to video games. But this is, like, one of the shining examples of, like, here's an awesome Awesome video so, game. Actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I take that back. It could never outseat uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild's top but, of the list. Wait, so, so yeah, so, like, for, for, I mean, I, 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 you brought me on to, for this for this podcast because I am biased. Yes. But uh, so just like Final Fantasy VII was the game that got me into video games originally as a kid, uh, this is the first game that I've finished from like in, in probably a decade. Like, like, just like started a game and finished it. This is the first game that I've done that in 10 years. Yeah. I, I think this so, is a game that I love it. Like I said, anybody who has the means should, should play this game. Like it's unfortunate that it's only on PlayStation four. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll come to PC at some point. Like I, I have a feeling Sony's going to wise up to that. And when that happens, I'm going to be so glad because more people are going to play it too. I also think it's coming to Xbox. I think they also like let that cat out of the bag. Um, That's next year, next year. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. So like, I, I am very excited that more people are going to get to play this game. Cause it's, it's wonderful. Oh. If if we weren't in like quarantine right now and I didn't have all that time to play this game, I think the length of it probably would have annoyed me a lot more than it ended up. Yeah, the, I yeah. think this is a good yeah. game to binge. I think it's a good binge game. Yeah. Um, that's that that's a chocobo of a different color. Hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, Sam, it was great having you on the show, man. This is fun. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Yes, Thank yes. you for having me. Yeah, yes. thanks for taking me through these wild, wonderful <laughs> stories that I'm going to be playing a bit more of. Yeah, it's great. We'll have yeah. to do we'll do one of these after every episode, just just for shits and gigs because it's a lot of fun. Um, Jake, where can the listeners uh, get in touch with us? Well, they can get our email. We are hey like that game at gmail dot com. They can tweet uh, us. Mostly you. You're running Twitter a lot more now. They can tweet at like that game. And then we're also on Facebook at uh, Hey, I Like That Game podcast. You can just search us there. Uh, we're also on Twitch now. I've been streaming a lot more. So Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays we're live. We have the schedule up on our page. Just search Hey, I Like That Game on Twitch, and you can see us. Uh, we're going to try to be doing more stuff with there, including perhaps doing live episodes on there. So, uh, you know, come watch us live and then listen to the recording later. But uh, I'm kind of working on that production right now. But uh, I think that'd be a ton of fun. Uh, But anyways, as always, uh, live life passionately. Love each other unconditionally. And play video games. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.